Hey everybody, I'm Bobby Salveson. And I'm Michael Monaco, and together we are the Hazmat Guys, connecting the Hazmat community near and far with knowledge, insight, and real-world examples in an effort to make your job just a little bit easier and safer. Now, let's take a minute to hear from today's sponsors. Hey, Mike, pop quiz. What is the standard go-to method for emergency decon? Uh, That's pretty easy. Wet decon, right? Well, you know, you're not the only one that may be thinking that, but it's actually dry decon. No, 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 no. How many times have I heard dilution is the solution to pollution? (laughs) Actually, too many. And that's the issue. Makes sense if you think about it. Without the use of water, we don't need to spend extra time setting up traditional showers or pools. And there's no wastewater afterwards. And you're not going to freeze anybody to death if it's below 60 degrees. Check out firstlinetech.com slash dry decon. First Line Technology has a whole webpage dedicated to the methodology and links to plenty of dry decon resources. See for yourself why dry decon with FiberTech should be your go-to immediate decon solution. Let's get to the show. <clears throat> hey. Hey, Bob. What's going on? And hello, everybody out there in hazmat land. <clears throat> I am a partially sick michael monaco ah come on always here with bob what's going on bob nothing much just hanging out i'm uh i'm doing my farewell tour to a lot of my jobs in order to fully focus on the hazmat guys and over nine jobs to one wait a second wait a second wait a second are are you are you including state instructor yes for the most part i'm going to be pulling back from this as well so oh, i'm giving well, up all of it i'm on the farewell tour congratulations wave. all right yes. yeah i mean we have, we've got some anyway we'll talk about all of that in a later yeah. episode but uh hey uh the seasons are almost over oh. there is only two left if anybody wanted to come and buy us a drink, uh, bring us a bottle of booze, uh, bring some sour six packs, where can they find us? There's only two left. It's uh, Baltimore, which is seriously next week. Um, and there is going to be a major announcement delivered by the Hazma guys tomorrow. <gasps> um, I am going to be recording it probably as soon as we're done with this episode. Okay. And it will go out across the social webs and the inter things. Um, and it will notify you of a major uh, announcement, which is going to be we're doing a game, a, 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 a game across the entire conference. And nobody really knows how it's going to work. It huh. is a oh, should I tell them what it is. If you can scavenge for the words. Good one. Good one. Uh, it's a scavenger hunt. It's a QR code scavenger hunt. It is going to be off the hook. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of prizes, crazy amounts of prizes, like surprising amount of prizes like, we have gathered up. Oh, you mean like stickers? No, I'm talking about tens of thousands of dollars of prizes. Not of our crap that you listen to all the time, <laughs> but actual stuff you might want to use. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's going to be a lot of stuff, and I will drop all of it in the announcement. It will be a video. It will be on social media. And you should get to this conference and get to these places because it is going to be sick. 
Yeah, we're we're having a we're gonna have a lot of fun this year at the conference. We want to just make it something that's fun and enjoyable uh, throughout the entire conference, not just at a specific yeah. night, not just during like one particular lecture. We want to have fun the entire time. That's that's the name of the game is to is to just have a good time and learn something. So yeah, that's that. Massachusetts is the next one up, and we're gonna tighten all that stuff up. A lot of big announcements for us, but uh, one step at a time, one episode at a time. One episode at a time. What are we at? We got to be almost near four hundred. I don't even know. I don't. You even know what? Know. We're we're at uh, you know eleven billion and two. Right. I think the only people who are above us is maybe Joe Rogan. That's <laughs> probably true. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. It is. Um, it is probably true. I mean, I think he does one every day, and we do one once a week. But you know, we're, we're, we'll catch up with him at some point. You know, majority. I think there's something on the books that like, um, like ninety percent of all the podcasts don't make it past uh, ten. Oof. Have you heard any? So, I mean, any, any new ones recently that have reached the ten episode mark? No, no, no. I, I've I've heard a couple of eight one, um, but yeah, no, nothing, nothing. else. Mm. Well, it's uh, if that's all that they can see us, we might as well start diving into the uh, the content of this week. No, let's do it. Let's uh, get in there, bro. All right, so um, we've got some interesting statistics for you guys. All right, uh, and I didn't realize this. This was a a. a a Google alert that kind of came across my email and I was looking at it and I was like, no crap. So started looking up other statistics. Uh, we started talking about the statistics and we were like, you know what, let's, let's formulate a show around some of these statistics because the, it, it, it reinforces the idea that this shit happens and we need to prepare for it. Like that's yes. really that's really what everything comes down to is like, all right, how do we train? How do we prepare? How do we make sure my team is good? And if you're sitting there going, ah, we don't really see that, you know, like, OK, we don't really see rail. All right. I get it. OK, we don't really see airplane. We don't have it. You have roads that run through your district. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> if you don't, you probably aren't listening to anything on technology. Uh, so it's a totally mute point. If you're listening to the show, there's almost a guarantee that you have roads and truck related hazardous materials incidences cause 16 times more fatalities from 1975 to 2021, 380 for trucks compared to something like rail, which was only 23 fatalities in that time frame, according to the Bureau of Transportation Statistics. That's that's stunning. That's crazy. I'm kind of shocked by that, and I'm seeing this for the first time. That's a lot. Well, you know, again, but it makes there's sense. a lot more trucks. Right. Yeah, it I makes mean, sense. You it makes look sense. around, you're like, the, all right, I, yeah, I get it. Trucking is considered the last mile, right? Like things can come over by ship. Things can go, go yes. through by rail. But everything that you see and touch minus hazardous, forget hazardous materials, just everything in general touches a truck before it reaches you. Yes. So it is actually it's almost surprising in the reverse amount, right? Like you look at that and you're like, right. wow, 380 trucks. But you're like, wow, why is rail? got 23 for the amount of rails that are running around versus trucks of 380. Right. And, and 
this number kind of jumped off the page to me is over the last 10 years, the number of big rig accidents, truck trailers, whatever, involving hazardous materials has jumped two and a half times, an increase of 155%. Let me say that two times because I want you to understand this in the last 10 years, it's gone up 155%. Right, which technically means that you have a two and a half times greater chance. <coughs> my apologies. I'm getting over a freaking cold. Back oh, my God. Remember when there was a time that up. we remember when there was a time that we would edit everything out? Yes. <laughs> and now we just don't give a shit. Um, I should make a, a whole thing of just outtakes. Oh, They'd be it'd be three hours of it'd be um, days long. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but that means that if there's two and a half more times of the accidents, that means whatever your area is, you're two and a half more likely to see a hazmat transportation incident over the road than you did just ten years ago. Right. In fact, right. tractor trailer accidents account for sixty four percent of all damages from any other mode of transportation of hazardous materials. Almost five. $112 million in the past 10 years, according to FISMA data, mm. there have been 52 fatalities and 160 injuries due to hazardous materials incidents just involving tractor trailers in transit. All right. So if if that statistic from before was like a 40 year gap and a third of those have happened within the past 10 years. That's pretty significant, right? If you look at just the the data published by that agency and you look into the numbers and the causes, you will see that human error is the absolute number one reason for each one of those accidents. Right. And you look at like highway, rail, air, the major couriers, I would say, the amount of damages from 2013 to 2022. So what is that? Nine years. Highway, roughly $511 million. Rail, roughly $280 million. About half. Air, two and a half. Mm. Now, I can understand air because, I, dude, that's like... Right. You can't put just anything up in the air. I, I get that. And there's so, not there's not a lot of hazmat. And I can understand the size of rail because if you ever listen to like... Um, a BNSF come in and speak. They if if the train gets like if it hits anything, even if nothing is damaged, all the cargo inside that train is is scrapped. Like it could be perfectly fine. It could have bumped into something, and they will scrap every bit of commodity that's in that car. So you can, I can understand those numbers because that doesn't happen with rail, with uh, with highway, right? If a guy gets into an accident, right. if he can get to his destination, he's going to continue to deliver the goods. So I can understand why the numbers for rail are, are half of what highway is with rail having such low accident numbers. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can see that. So then the uh, then the basic question comes in uh, when training for transportation accidents what should a hazmat technician focus on? All right. So, <laughs> yeah, like what? <laughs> so think about it. Right. You're, you're seeing this, right? You're, you're seeing a, a 
doubling in the past decades of, of the hazmat road accidents. And people are coming around. They're seeing this increase and they're saying, how can my team be prepared? So we came up with five ways to, to really focus in oh. on your transportation accidents. And uh, like the, yeah. And some of them are going to be really basic and really stupid. Like this first you know, one. I want to throw this out because before we can get on this, because I had a long discussion, uh, ergo, you might call it an argument with one of our lieutenants has, that has long since left. But he was in the convents of our statistical incident was a over the road incident. So let's say let's say for sake of argument, it was 80 percent of our incidents, but we should spend 80 percent of our time on the 20% because we're so practiced on that not, you know, statistical, um, right. Right. Frequency. We, we, if it's high risk, low reward, then right. we should be st- right, 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 right. I understand that. So, like we're so doing I, it. My, we're- his argument was spend is spend 80% on the 20% and 20% on the 80%. And I was like, no, we should spend 80% on the 80% and 20% on the 20%. And he's like, no, no. But mm. I was like, we're so the, – the you can get so much better at doing this. Again, for you out there in listener land, have that discussion. Do you spend 80% on the 20 or 80% on the 80 See, I don't know if I would break it down based upon time. I think I would break it down based upon – like that risk analysis where you turn around and say, okay, yeah, this is a low frequency. How do you break this down? That's the question. Like, seriously, I I know we're on a track here, but I'm saying to you out there listening, throw this on the table and say, how do we allocate our time to the statistical relevance of our incidents? And we're, we're going over this because it's not irrelevant. Right. right. Highway emergencies are a deal that you need to think about. And so how much time are you ready to justify praying on this? And then whatever that person's answer is, argue the opposite. Become well-versed in all the points of view and be the devil's advocate no matter what they say. So if they turn around and they say, yeah, 80% of our training should be make them justify it. And if they can't give you a justifiable yeah. reason, you got to you got to flip everything on its head. I love it. All, all right, right. Sorry. So, go ahead. No problem. First so one. the first one. All right. Again, there's there's nothing crazy here. Right. Hazardous materials identification. If we look at things from the point of view where we, we are, we have to kind of start to piece the puzzle together. Identifying the hazmats is going to be the first thing. So familiarizing yourself with the types of hazardous materials that are going through your area or facilities that manufacture, produce or use anything. Uh, what are those hazmats? What are the common ones that you might see? What are their associated risks? Make sure you're up to speed on identifying hazardous materials, whether it's labeling, placketing, marketing, uh, markings, shipping papers, whatever, whatever it takes to be able to turn around and say, I don't have to think about it. I can just see it and realize it and I can keep on going from there. Right. And so you got to say, all right, what do we say? We're saying. 
don't settle for what you learn in your operations and technicians class. Don't just scratch the surface with, oh, this is what you need to know. Get better than that. Don't, anybody can understand the material when you walk out of one of your classes, but nobody remembers it at three years away, at 3 a.m., where you're like, oh, yeah, I nobody can do that. So no. take the time to review over things in the firehouse or the, the police station or wherever it might be, so that when I'm a big, I'll be, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest here, I am a fan of not filling up the teacup too much. If, if you put too much information in my head, the tea falls over the sides and I don't remember it anymore. I do. I am a fan of it's in this book. Go look it up. Yes. And so if I, you say to me, Hey, like, like, Hey, this is what's going on. I go, I know there's a book out there and I'm going to go look it up right now. That's cool. I like that. Yes. That's what we need. That's what we need to do. And we need to practice it. Right. Because what's the running joke in the, in firehouses yes. about who looks at the ERG in an incident? The probie, because they were the ones that went through the hazmat class like the soonest. So the information is fresh to them. That shouldn't be like it. Mm -hmm. ju it just shouldn't be. Um, number two, understand the regulations and the standards, right? Everything in hazmat is governed by regulations and standards. Develop that understanding of what literally governs transportations of hazardous materials, right? Such as the hazardous materials regulations by the DOT, the HMR of the DOT. Be aware of specific documents for packaging, label, placketing, documenting. Understand what all of that, how that all comes together with mixed loads, um, table one materials, table two materials. What are the different hazards associated with how different things are packed? Hey, listeners, the Hazmat Guys have some great news for you and your organization. We are really stepping up our brand of in-person training in addition to the great content you get on demand. Now, we know what you're thinking, but this is already incredibly great stuff, and how could it possibly get better? All I can say is, wait until we're in front of you. When we gather the best of the best from across this planet and even beyond, and assemble an instructional cadre that is seriously second to none. And now we have a ton of ways to help you, your team, or your organization get to a level that makes everybody proud. From subscriptions, on-demand, hybrid methods, to full in-person goodness. You can contact me, Bob, at thehazmatguys.com to schedule a call and find a solution that works for you. And every participant of an in-person class gets a free one-year premium subscription, which sounds pretty good. Hmm. So contact me at Bob at thehazmatguys.com and get some more information. Believe it or not, you're going to have having a strong foundation in hazmat regulations let me say that has that regulation can really give you a heads up on determining if they things that are being done on scene are done correctly and so when we are there we kind of own the operation and so you could have problems let's say it's a problem multiple agencies outside vendors etc that are going to be all these people are going to plug in and be able to constantly scan the scene to see that things are being done right or stop things that are getting making the thing go worse. Mm. Number three, 
emergency response procedures okay and this is where it becomes hyper local this is where you're talking about how your team operates how you guys do what you do if you've got entry you've got backup you've got whatever other positions are in your response plan what is what is you expected to do in that instance for every different position right what are who's responding to these accidents what different carriers uh, could be involved and in? what are your different procedures for them? Because I'm going to respond differently to an MC-306 than I would a 338, all right? They have different payloads, different valvings, different pressures, different operating procedures around all of them, different valving. Um, just as a shameless plug, if you really want to get in depth on all this, we do have an over the road course. I 100% suggest that you reach out and you, you know, you kind of, we can get everybody up to speed on the nitty gritty of all these details to help you develop a response plan for your de- for your department. Right, and this includes, let's say, understanding the incident command system. Incident assignments, mitigation techniques, containment, confinement strategy, recon, PPE. Dude, the list goes on and on. Do, do you remember? God, do you remember Steve Kalarchek? We'll drop his name. The the Betts valve incident. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. He did. <laughs> so we had, uh, and I'll, I can't remember the name. His name is Mike from. Mm. It's uh, over the road props and and Mike Moore. Moore, yes, he he developed he he did a class in FDNY and he taught in the class the bets valve. The next day, Steve Kalarchek, the only person in since I had been with FDNY to use the bets valve on a run the next day. That, that was relearning mitigation techniques like yes. and it can happen at any point you could never use it in your entire career and one day you use it one time so <laughs> it happens guys i'm telling you i was like what do you mean what? you just took the course went to the firehouse had a run and used a piece of equipment that we never have taken off the rig before yep it was That's insane. how it rolls. That's how it rolls, baby. All right. Um, risk assessment and planning. You want to really gain knowledge of the risk assessment techniques to evaluate all the potential hazards associated with the different, right, our different uh, haulers, the different hazardous materials, and the different transportation scenarios that you could legitimately see, right? If you don't have lakes and rivers in your area, then don't try to figure out what to do if one of these haulers goes into the water. If you're surrounded by bridges and you're surrounded by rivers and you've got ocean all around you, what are you going to do if one of these haulers end up in the water? That's mm. what you want to start talking about, those what-if scenarios. I, you know, even developing response plans, which is something that's kind of like, you know, eh, who the hell cares about that? But, you know, evacuation plans – Communication protocols, coordination with other agencies. This is not easy stuff to do. It's it requires time, effort, personnel, but tabletop exercises are a great way to spark minds about the process. And it's a great way to start to train your brain on how to put the problem and begin to solve with people. 
Yeah. Yeah. Just that the whole troubleshooting mythology. You have to train your head as an instant commander to break the problem in half or even in in five and delegate it and run the show. It's a it's a it's a lot of work. It's not as easy as they say. And as a technician, you might turn around and go, okay, great. Well, I'm just a technician. But you know what? On the scene of a hazardous material, that senior technician is the incident commander's brain. So so you have to be able to do that as a firefighter. You need to be able to think as a a firefighter. You need to think as an officer and a chief. And you got to be able to do it all at once. So, yeah, tabletops are phenomenal. All right. Number five, spill and control containment. You want to be able to acquire the skills in containing and controlling hazardous material spills. Understand the principles of containment. Use the appropriate material for whatever is going to be running through your area. Use the appropriate techniques to prevent further release and spread of the hazardous material. Yes. You have to get creative with this one because – if you have a gasoline truck that has 13,000 gallons of gasoline on it, I don't have 13,000 gallons of containment on me. You know, even if you have 1,000-gallon bladders, right? you don't have 13 of them. And so you have to start thinking, like, outside the box. You have to start thinking about how are you going to control large leaks of large volumes of materials and hold the line while not impacting the operation, the flammability, are you putting people in the right spot? Are you not putting people in the right spot? Are your metering profiles are right? Do you have the foam? It goes on and on and on. So are you prepared to do this? And I think what we're going to do is the last three points we're going to put behind the paywall. I'm sorry, fellas. Ah, listen, we gave we gave them the five that I promised. If you want more, come over to premium. Come to three. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Hazmat Guys. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel. And don't be afraid to use that like or follow button. Or you can sign up for even more content from us at thehazmatguys.com. Here, you can subscribe so that we can connect you to even more great stuff. Your support is going to help us improve and build this awesome community even more. Yeah, and if you want to get to the next level, you won't want to miss our premium content. Our specialist level provides you with access to our entire catalog of shows, which is now over 300, an exclusive Facebook group, premium video with no ads, and so much more. Also, check the Hazmat Guys University link on our website. And don't forget... We are always interested in hearing about incidences or calls that you have experienced. We may bring you on the show to share that story. Reach us at feedback at the And remember, folks, don't just get on the job, get into the job. 